The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy, licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music. So let's get talking. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Laura Theodore podcast. I am your host, Laura Theodore. I'm so pleased that you have taken the time to be with us here today because we have a very interesting animal-centric show with Ashland Creek Press co-founders John Yunker and Midge Raymond. And later on in the program, I have an easy summer-themed recipe for you and a little music from yours truly from my Golden Earring CD with the late, great Joe Beck. And it's called Happy Music. For a happy summer. Well, let's just get right to it. It is now my great honor to welcome Ashland Creek Press co-founders John Yunker and Midge Raymond, and they're going to discuss their vegan-owned publishing company. John and Midge are passionate about books that foster an appreciation for worlds outside our own, for nature and the animal kingdom, and for the ways in which we all connect. John is the author of several novels, including Writing for Animals, and his plays have been produced at many venues. And Midge is author of the novel My Last Continent, and her writing has appeared in the Los Angeles Times Magazine, the Chicago Tribune, Poets and Writers, and many more. And I'd like to welcome them to this program right now. How are you today, John and Midge? We're great. Yeah, thank you so much, Laura. I am so happy that you are here. The work that you are doing is so important. Uh, I spoke a little bit early in the program and let everybody know what you do and a little bit about Ashland Press. But John, I just want to get right to it. What initially inspired you and Midge to co-found Ashland Creek Press in the first place? 
Well, uh, I, we're both writers, and we both worked in publishing years ago. So in a sense, uh, you could say it was inevitable. But um, on a practical level, what, what, what led us to Ashton Creek Press was a novel uh, I wrote many years ago called The Tourist Trail. And that, was, uh, that is an environmental novel with uh, vegan themes, uh, a vegan character. And I found an agent, um, but she could not find a publisher for it. And I, at the time, you know, environmental fiction or eco-fiction really wasn't a thing yet. Um, so I decided to self-publish and went through the process and enjoyed it and realized at the end of the journey that, you know, there, there are probably other writers like me out there. And, and then Midge and I had just moved to Oregon, Ashland, Oregon, and we decided let's start a press to 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 provide a home for these for these authors and uh, that began in 2011 and now here we are Wow, and it is such important work. I think a lot of people don't realize, particularly people that aren't vegan, but even vegans don't realize that it's very, very difficult to find a vegan-centric publishing company. And that's actually how we met. I felt, felt it was so fabulous that this is what your mission was. And so that comes to my next question. Uh, this is for Midge. One of the recent Ashland Press books, The Green and the Red, is themed around cooking and the theme is she's a vegetarian he's a carnivore what happens and it's very interesting that you brought this up to me midge because there are so many vegans so many vegans that are in that same space where perhaps their partner might be vegan but their whole family isn't vegan or they're getting some pushback well why are they vegan etc cetera, etc cetera. and this book really speaks to that but just talk a little bit about the romantic comedy of errors and a little bit about the book if you would please Oh, absolutely. We love this book. Um, it's actually, The Green and the Red is written by a French author, and it was translated into English and submitted to us, and it was actually published here in the United States, um, here in North America, before it was published in France. So the, its first existence in the world was in English, and um, it is now available in French through a French publisher. But we were really proud to have been the first publishers for this book, and it's so much fun as well as, as you said, Laura, tapping into some of those issues that we vegans face. The premise of the story of The Green and the Red is that it's set in a small town in um, the Brittany region of France, which is a big meat-eating region, apparently. I have not been, <laughs> but this is what um, our author and translator have told us. And it's about a woman who's running a vegetarian restaurant in this very meat-centric town. And it's also about the gentleman who comes into her restaurant posing as a vegetarian because he is a marketing executive with the town's biggest pork producer. And he wants to put her out of business so that his business will do better. Um, and what happens is he actually likes the food and he actually is very attracted to her as a human. And they, they you know, it contains all those jokes about, wow, she looks so healthy for being a vegetarian. How is that possible? And it kind of plays into all of those stereotypes that a lot of non-vegans have about us, vegans and vegetarians. And um, so it's very, very fun that way. And you've got both sides of the issue, which I think is very important in fiction. The books, we, we really tend to lean toward fiction because that's what we love to write and what we love to read. And 
we always try to find that balance between making sure that the books don't preach. You know, we have a vegan-centric worldview, an animal protection worldview, an environmental worldview, but the books have to be great stories first and foremost, and that's what this one is. It is a romantic comedy. Um, what happens when the chef and restaurant owner finds out he's actually a carnivore posing as a vegetarian, you know, that brings up the question, will it be a table for one or a table for two? And um, pretty much, you know, is, is you'll have to read it to, to find out. I'll just leave that open to readers. But it's a lot of fun and also, you know, brings up all these issues that, that we all face in real life as vegans living among non-vegans. I agree. And the thing that's so great about it is that's what you said. You know, it's like, it's, first of all, it's not preachy. It is a novel, which is so unusual. And I love that in this book, it's all dressed up with real life around it. And that's really, really fantastic. And the other thing I love about what you and uh, John are doing, Midge, is that you said something a few minutes ago that really struck a chord in me. You are not preachy. When people go to your website, you're going to see that it's beautifully laid out. And I'm really all about that myself. I mean, Jazzy Vegetarian, we're all about, you know, start by adding one vegan meal into your menu plan. See how you like it. You know, don't be hard on yourself. And I think these things are all very, very important because it's, well, it's important not to preach about it. People have to all make their own decisions. Of course, we hope they decide to become vegan and uh, to help save animals, which comes to my next question for John, because you have this fantastic book, Writing for Animals, and I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about writing for animals, and it's designed to help writers become more effective advocates for animals, I think, and talk a little bit about it, if you would, please. Sure. Yeah, that is, that is it. We want to uh, encourage more writers to devote their talents to um, giving voice as best they can for animals. And I, uh, th- you know, a lot of th- this book that we, uh, Mitch and I wrote, um, and it, it draws on, uh, you know, all of our years as writers, as publishers, um, and, and it draws on, on contributions as well from, from amazing writers. But, but the goal of it is really to just um, ins- both in educate and inspire. So there's, there's uh, elements of, of just craft of dealing with pronouns. It can be as simple as that. You know, how do you deal with pronouns? with Mm -hmm. animals, you know, Mm -hmm. avoiding it using he and she, Um, but then also inspiration. You know, how do you, how do you write in a way that you pull readers towards you rather than alienating readers? Um, And that's, that's a challenge, obviously, because, um, you know, veganism is really, really hard. You know, I wasn't born vegan. I I was, you know, I came to it many years later. I was grown up grew up on barbecue in the Midwest. And yeah, me too. Yep. At one, yep. yeah, at one point I, I said I would never be vegan. I couldn't even imagine it. Uh, so never say never. But I, I still remember that, you know, when I write and when I talk to writers, I say, try to remember if, if you converted, try to remember your old self and try to write to that self as well as your current self, because that'll help inform writing to different audiences. You know, and never lose touch of that, because if you can create a novel or a short story or a play that can speak to both vegans and non-vegans and pull them in equally into the story, into the characters, um, you're really going to have a very effective uh, uh, story that ultimately raises awareness and 
empathy and, and, and so forth. And so th- this book actually gave uh, birth to a class that we, that we taught in lo- a live class. And then we created a uh, pre-recorded class as well that, that is available now by the same name. So it's been great. There's been a lot of writers who have taken the class. Uh, uh, and now we have an alumni network where we promote the work that they've gotten published. And it's really exciting. It's, it's just, it, we, when we got into this field, we kind of said, let's, let's create, the class we wish we could have taken when we started to to write uh, on behalf of animals. Yeah, well, well said, beautifully said. Um, and just let everybody know at this time in the program, where do people go to learn more about Ashland Press? What is the URL, and uh, where can they learn more? Uh, well, it's ashlandcreekpress.com. And so that is our, our homepage. We have a blog there. We also... We also have a website called ecolitbooks.com, and that is more of a, a general uh, environmental book uh, review website. So, um, and it's not limited to purely vegan books, but the, the gist of it, I think, is it's very pro-animal. Um, so we're we're trying to you know really cast a wide uh, net to to uh, kind of pull environmentalism and veganism together because they are related in, in, intrinsically and we we want people to see the connection so that when they say they want to save the planet that means also saving the animals absolutely who we share the planet with yes. yeah so that, that so check out both websites Absolutely. Who we share the planet with. That is so beautifully said. We're speaking today with John Yonker and Midge Raymond, and they are the co-founders of Ashland Creek Press. And we're talking about their vegan-owned publishing company. And last but not least today, Midge, uh, I'd like it if you just talk a little bit about My Last Continent, and it's your novel that focuses on penguin researchers in Antarctica and their struggles to protect these beautiful, beautiful creatures. I think that people just don't talk about this enough. It's popped up in the news every now and then, and then it just goes away, but I think it's so important. So just share a little bit about that and your views there, if you would, please. Oh, absolutely. So My Last Continent is a novel that was inspired by a trip that John and I took to Antarctica a long time ago, back in 2004, when Antarctic travel was not what it is today. It wasn't nearly as popular. There were maybe 20,000 tourists a year going down to Antarctica during the season back then. And by the time the book came out in 2016, that number doubled to about 40,000 travelers per year. And today, this last Antarctic travel season, there were 100,000 tourists visiting Antarctica um, in some way, shape, or form. So some of them go down on cruise ships and don't get out of the boat. Others on the smaller boats do landings where they set foot on the islands or even the continent itself. And, um, yeah, so when I first wrote the book, Antarctic tourism wasn't, you know, an issue. It wasn't the big deal it is today. Penguins were suffering in other ways. You know, climate change, pollution, fishing is the big thing. Um, whenever people, whenever I have a chance when talking about my book, I, I say the best thing you can do for penguins is stop eating krill, stop eating seafood, let them have their food because they need it more than we do. Um, but tourism is becoming a bigger thing. Um, I think people just want to go to Antarctica to see it before it melts, quite honestly. I hear this a lot, and Mm. that's a sad reason to go. I think that tourism used to be a little more inviting, um, to me anyway, because 
when we came back, it changed our lives. This was the, this was the first step we, the first steps we took toward becoming vegetarian and vegan, um, before becoming environmental writers, first and foremost, before we founded Ashland Creek Press. So I think if people can go there and have that same life-changing experience, it's worth it. And, but a lot of times people just go to see it and they just say, well, I want to see the penguins before they're gone. They don't think as much about what's really happening. So I think there's just too many people going down right now, but the um, tour companies are doing their best to keep it sustainable and um, they're doing a really good job, all things considered. And again, I do think the penguins biggest problems are, you know, climate change, warming temperatures. It makes it hard for them to, to breed successfully. And of course, fishing and the pollution caused by fishing vessels. Yeah, the fishing point, I think, is so crucial because so many people do not realize that, that the fishing, not only in Antarctica, of course, but in all the waters are causing problems with the creatures that they're living with under the water, I guess Mm -hmm. is the best way to say it. it. Do you find that that's a problem everywhere? Talk a little bit about that, if you would, please. Oh, sure. It's a problem in all the world's oceans. And there are a lot of great efforts being done to preserve, you know, to create marine protected areas. Um, And then the problem becomes poaching. Um, And that's a problem in a place like Antarctica. And it's also a place in the Galapagos, which is one of the best preserved regions in the world, um, the most beloved, you know, tourist sites, they do a really good job of protecting it, but there are still poachers getting in there and they just don't have the resources to stop them. So it's a big problem worldwide. And I think the only solution really is to stop creating the demand. And if we humans stop eating fish or at least eat less of it, then the fisher, the fishing companies, the big fishing companies, and then the poachers will not have anyone to sell it to. Absolutely. That is the solution. I love that. You you guys are great. John, Midge, I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for the great work that you are doing. I know that it is not easy. You are both so talented, and I hope that everybody visits ashlandcreekpress.com after the program today. I'm wishing you and your family and your loved ones a happy, healthy vegan summer, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Laura, and thanks for all that you do in this world as well. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, that was fantastic. What great information from John Yunker and Midge Raymond at Ashland Creek Press. Check them out after the program today. Mm-hmm. Well, I promised that I'd have a fabulous summer recipe today, and I certainly do have that. It's my cucumber tea sandwiches with basil chili butter. And they make a real bold statement with crisp cucumbers and a slightly spicy pink-hued buttery spread. And you're going to find this recipe, episode 805 at jazzyvegetarian.com. That's episode 805 at jazzyvegetarian.com. 
www.sandwichesandpetite.com. And this recipe makes about 15 little petite sandwiches. Now, first you need your basil chili butter, which is just a third of a cup of vegan buttery spread. You want it to be softened. Six to eight large leaves of minced fresh basil quarter teaspoon of chili powder. That gives it some real jazzy zing. And then a little bit of sea salt. Then for the sandwiches themselves, you need about a half of a small English seedless cucumber. I do like to use the seedless cucumber for this. You want to partially peel it on the outside. It makes it look really, really pretty. And you're going to have about 10 large slices of vegan whole grain bread or vegan and gluten-free bread. You can really use whatever bread you like with this. And then you want to garnish them with some basil leaves and uh, hold them together with some toothpicks. And then you just put the basil chili butter ingredients into a small bowl and stir, stir, stir with a fork and combine it up. Cut the cucumber into thin, thin slices using a very sharp knife. And then using a two-inch cookie cutter, you're going to cut three circles out of each slice of bread to make 30 rounds in all. Line a medium-sized rimmed baking pan with unbleached parchment paper and then just assemble your sandwiches. Spread some of the basil chili butter on one side of each of the 30 bread browns. Put a round on the parchment, top it with one or two cucumber slices, then top with another bread round. Garnish with a basil leaf, secure it with a toothpick, repeat, repeat, repeat until you have 15 sandwiches and arrange them on a pretty platter and serve. You can uh, cover them tightly and refrigerate them for up to two hours before serving. And these are really, really good. Once again, you're going to find these at jazzyvegetarian.com, episode 805. And again, I want to thank John Yunker and Mitch Raymond for being here today. Remember to visit them at ashlandcreekpress.com. That's ashlandcreekpress.com. Calm. Well, after this program today, I do want you to visit jazzyvegetarian.com, learn more about the Jazzy Vegetarian television show, Vegan and Delicious, which airs on the Create Network every single week, four times a week, and I hope that it's airing on a television near you. Well, music today from my fantastic CD with the late, great Joe Beck. A little happy music for you. From Golden Earrings, let's get happy. I'll get happy. Make the music sing. I want to hear some music with a happy beat. A simple tune so I can bat my feet. I got the greatest feeling and it's plain to see. Happy music is a thing for me. Happy music never heard a thing. Happy music makes the people sing Nobody seems to want you when you wear a frown Happy music turns it upside down I saw a fellow walking down the street one day Heard the happy music start to play It was pretty nice to see him start to smile Hadn't tried it for a long, long while Happy music never heard a thing Music makes the people sing Nobody seems to want you when you wear a frown Happy music turns it upside down Once I knew a man who didn't like his wife 
He didn't lead a very happy life But then he heard some music and he changed his tune Now they're on their second honeymoon Happy music never heard a thing Happy music makes the people sing Nobody seems to want you when you wear a frown Happy music turns it upside down Some man was running to be president His platform loaded till his back was bent And then the other fella got the band to play Happy music took his votes away Happy music doesn't hurt a thing Happy music makes the people sting Nobody seems to want you when you wear a frown Happy music turns it upside down Happy music turns it round and round Go round and round, round and round Well, happy music makes it sing Well, I'm feeling much happier now. And I'm feeling happy that you took the time to spend time with me here today. I hope that you listen each and every Wednesday at mindbodyspirit.fm. And I want to wish you good health and I want to wish you a wonderful rest of the week. So until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be well. From me, Laura Theodore, a.k.a. The Jazzy Vegetarian. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on The Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.